said, give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. What up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast, the weekly edition. Uh, John LaRocca, as always, is with me. What's up, John? Doing good, man. I'm pretty pumped. Pretty pumped for the day and excited to do the show. So you and I, uh, earlier this evening, we interviewed Jeff Cobb, who has just uh, earlier this week won the 2018 Battle of Los Angeles. We got to talk to him about that whole experience. We talked to him about um, working for New Japan, working for ROH, uh, and sort of just his career. Uh, we even got to chat a little bit about uh, your friendship and, and how you guys you know, met and, and how you kind of, you know, J- Jeff stood out to you as someone who was looking, looking at talent and, and you guys connected pretty early on. We got to talk about all that stuff. Uh, I know Jeff is someone who's very close to you, so it was really cool to hear you guys chat. But uh, we're just going to lead right into that interview. So what's going to happen, you'll hear our interview with Jeff, and John and I will come back to talk about the Mae Young Classic. We'll talk about the New Japan matches that happened, Kenny Omega against uh, Ishii and, uh, and Naito and Suzuki. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about John Jones and, and sort of what happened with that USADA fiasco. And then we'll finish up with everyone's favorite segment, What's John Watching? As promised, we have on the line Jeff Cobb, winner of the 2018 Battle of Los Angeles. What's up, Jeff? Hey, what's going on? So, uh... It was it was actually great uh, great timing that not only did you win Bola, but um, you know I was just thinking of having you on the show. You know, John and I do this show weekly now. At least we try to do it weekly. And knowing how close you and John are, I was just I was thinking, you know, we, we'll, we'll be able to get Cobb on. Something will happen. We'll be able to call up Cobb. And then, like two weeks later, you win Bola. So perfect timing. <laughs> I guess the stars aligned. I guess yes. Uh, so I kind of just want to go through a few things, but I mean, you know, I'm sure you're, uh, you're you're getting a lot of requests to you know to chat and stuff because because of the tournament, um, and it sounds like you know unfortunately I wasn't able to be there um, live, but everything I'm reading is like this was one of the best tournaments that that uh, that that's been uh, the the match in the finals was uh, at least you know the the last 15 or, or, or so minutes was like off the charts. Um, I, I mean, are you are you getting like tons of tons of buzz from people asking you about it? I'm sure from from the crowd, like they were they were fired up and stuff. Is it, is it has it been pretty crazy these last uh, few days? Yeah, I think um, I think the perception changed um, after the show after the show finished. Just because I'm like leading into it, there was a I heard a lot of rumblings like, oh, this is like the the quote unquote the weakest uh, lineup of Bola, but. I think all three nights definitely delivered. And so like when people sleep on Bola, especially like PWG and Bola, like anything that PWG puts out, they don't just put out random stuff. It's always something good. So, you know, and 
you know, after night three finished and, you know, I did definitely did get a lot, um, more chirping that like, Oh, it was, was, there was a bunch of people that have seen multiple, uh, bowl of finals and said that this is probably the best bowl of finals in a, in a while. So, you know, just to have them as their opinions is actually a, a real honor for me and myself. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember talking to John last year during this time, seeing that you were in the finals uh, with uh, Ricochet, um, and who, who who was it? Walter? Who was in the finals with you guys? Uh, Keith Lee. Keith Lee. That's who it was. Uh, and 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 I was I was talking to John, going like, "Wow, you know, I wonder, I wonder if Cobb wins. You know, I, I would love to see Cobb win." And uh, you know, I don't know how far in advance they book these things. Like you said, the lineups have changed a little bit, and and so the the. Uh, the rotation of guys was a little bit different and you had guys like Bandito and PCO. Um, and I think it created a, a pretty cool atmosphere of like, you know, some, some new blood in, in the tournament, but you know, it, it did, it did it seem like to me, it just seemed like, Oh wow. Like Cobb is definitely a natural winner because he was in the finals last year. Like he, like it, it's, it's like kind of like a perfect, a perfect thing for these last two years for you. Uh, I mean, in in my mind, in a, in a storybook world, that that would be that's a great ending for a story. But uh, I mean, if you've noticed, like a bunch of past bowl of uh, finals, like finalists, they like, they don't go on to repeat or go to the next round or even back to back finals. So I mean, it was definitely against against my favor and going into it. So I mean, I'm just I'm just happy. You know, I I knew what to expect for three or four tough matches and in, in two days. So, you know, definitely was prepared for it. Uh, so I, I'm reading I'll, through, uh, go ahead, John, ask, uh, ask whatever you want. Oh, I was just curious about the finals. Um, how was it working with Goggy and, and, and Bandito going in? Was it, uh, you guys have a lot of time to discuss anything or was kind of just going up there feeling it? Um, how, how, what happened there with, the, with that final? Uh, it was, it was pretty hectic. Um, I mean, I mean, last year's finals was crazy because we had, I mean, I had the benefit of knowing of wrestling Keith Lee multiple times and wrestling Ricochet multiple times. So that was, it was easy for all of us involved. Whereas this year, um, there's myself and there's a, there's a tough wrestler from Japan and a, and a tough wrestler from Mexico. So it's pretty much language barrier galore. So it was kind of it was kind of rough, but I mean, I think we 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 came away and we we exceeded uh, exceeded expectations. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm hearing it's been like an awesome final. I'm looking forward to catching the DVD whenever it's released. So that's awesome, man. I'm happy for you, dude. Thank you. So when when you um. <clears throat> When you have you know you know the the, the finals is is a three way uh, match, and from what the things that I've read was you know like you know maybe when it was a three way it wasn't uh, as as smooth as it was when it got sit down to uh, you and Bandito. How hard are you know doing those type of type of matches, three way matches, and then you you just mentioned uh, with the language barrier, like I imagine. You know, you're trying to you're, you're you're trying to have a great match in front of this hot crowd, and and uh, and and three ways in general can be tough. And then, you know, like you said, the language barrier can even make it tougher. Yeah, I mean, you know, three ways are just like you mentioned; they're they're just tough as is. Like, multi, I think multi-man matches are tough. Uh, there's there's 
three different personalities, different types, different everything going into a match, and it's just I don't, like sometimes it sometimes it's good, sometimes it's, it's not as good. I mean, I I thought the three way on Sunday was was fine for what it was, um, but it definitely picked up a lot of steam towards the end. When uh, I, I noticed, uh, you know, just reading through the reports. So kind of just going through the uh, the three matches before you got to the finals. So uh, Darby Allen on night two, and, and I read the description that uh, after the match, the fans throw money in the ring. And that's kind of like a, um, a, Me- a Mexico thing, you know, it, for especially for, with like Mexican wrestlers and, and stuff. Like, did, you know, were you surprised to see that happen? And, and like, what was the, you know, what, what, what was their... The, cr- the crowd just, you know, just decided to do that. Like, was there a specific reason that you think that that they decided to do that in your match? Um, I don't think there's a specific reason. I mean, just the fact that maybe they really, really liked it. <laughs> um, yeah, usually, generally, that's reserved for for the luchadors, the luchador match, if you will. And um, I think. Uh, Hopefully we broke the mold on that. Like, if people want to throw money, they can throw money. They don't have to worry about waiting for the luchador match to come on. So, I mean, I hope it's like a continuing trend because I don't mind the extra cash. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I when I was reading that, I was just like, I was so surprised. I was like, you know, was there a certain spot or was there a, a certain sequence, like a back and forth, where they just, you know, got on their feet and that was the moment? Like, do you remember anything specific? Um, I think I think the uh, the feet, like Darby's really good. I, I really enjoy working with him, and I've only worked with him twice, so um, I, I like working with him. He's a, he's a good, I guess. I mean, I hate to date myself, but like, he's a good kid. I don't want to sound like that older <laughs> veteran, but yeah, he's he's a good kid. I mean, he's definitely. I mean, he's coming back to PWG, so he definitely left a good impression. So I think it's just that probably the go-home stretch for that match as well. I kind of just picked it up a little bit. And then your second match, which is on, on day three uh, against Ray Horace. Um, I think this is the match that uh, got, went a little viral as far as, uh, as, as the clip um, where uh, you throw Horace and he like rotates like a bunch in the air. And it, it, it was awesome uh, on Twitter. Um, what did you think about that match uh, as a, as a, you know, for your second match? Oh, that, that was a fine match. Uh, you know, Ray, I've wrestled Ray, uh, multiple times, um, or I've wrestled him multiple times, allegedly in Lucha Underground. So it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's always been fun every time we've wrestled. And so that was, that was actually a, a really good blessing for myself. So no, like knowing somebody who I've wrestled before, who I've, done cool stuff with so just being able to wrestle it was it, it was it was it was fun it was i mean i don't say easy but it was it was less stress on, on me i guess and then in the in your uh your last match before the finals uh there was sort of a surprise in that uh you won so quickly and with that with that crowd you know usually getting like these really really you know long and great matches was there was there a lot of surprise in the building when you won so quickly I, I definitely think so, and uh, I mean, we definitely pulled it off. So, like, uh, that that is a true testament to how good Trevor Lee is. Um, I mean, he he figured let's do it, and I said, if you're cool with it, and I mean, it's totally up to you. And he said, let's do it. I'm down. 
that to to me and it's, good, it's like and it's the good too. like the Laraca booking, right? Like John Laraca booking throw you know throws you for a little bit of a curve there to you know to do something a little bit different. Go ahead, John. I, I was that that was my yeah. transition to you. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, it's good to do a quick finish like that because a lot of matches go long, and every once in a while you got to change it up. You got to give them a quick finish so they can. They don't not react in the beginning and then just wait because then they know their match is going to go, say, 12 to 15 minutes. But if you go a little early, like 7 or 15 seconds in this case or where it was, like it just keeps people on their toes for future future shows. And I always like that aspect of booking, keeping the fans on their toes and just as for more excitement, you could do a lot of different things later on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's a good variety. Like you said, if everybody's expecting – 10 plus minutes from every match, then, then you throw that little wrench, then everybody kind of like, Ooh. like, like the, the reaction was, was really good actually for, um, let me, let me, it was our 14 second match. So it, it was, it was, it was definitely worth what we did and, and the fans definitely enjoyed it. So John, can, can you, uh, I mean, the people who are listening, uh, may not know, uh, your history with with Jeff, um, you know, when I first met John, uh, John invited me to go to one of the uh, early premiere shows that that John was booking, and Jeff was obviously on the card. And you know, one of the selling points was like, you ha- you know, you have to see Jeff Cobb. Like he's he's a he's a really good good wrestler. If you really like you know smart wrestling, strong wrestling, um, Jeff is is one of the guys. And so, I mean, I was kind of hooked one because you know I. I like talking wrestling and John's a smart guy, you know, one of the smartest that I know when it comes to this stuff. But the other was, you know, just to see Jeff and, and John, you know, for the audience who who doesn't know your relationship, talk a little bit about how you guys kind of got together. And then I'd also love to hear, you know, Jeff's kind of point of view on on, you know, when you guys you know started getting close and, and your relationship as, uh, you know, promoter and and champion and, and, and friends. Well, um, Jeff. I met Jeff through Action Zone Wrestling when uh, their promoter, Daryl Bonilla, contacted APW, said their guys are going to be in town in San Francisco Bay Area. They wanted to work some shows and and want to get on the APW show. So I'm rolling, actually, Alexander, um, the APW owner at the time. Um, he actually forwarded me the email that I was booking, and I looked it over, and I, you know, I really wrote back saying, I need some clips of the guys. And I watched all the clips, and like I, the last clip I watched was like Cobb, and that's like sold me on like these guys because uh, I looked up Jeff's history and I found out he's an Olympic wrestler, and I really like legitimate athletes. It just adds just that credibility to what we're doing, and um, I really like Kaimana as well. And so I decided to just have fun with it and make the you know the Pacific Coast Challenge, I think it was called, right? And then um, it's the best of three to tag match with. AJ Kerr, Dylan Drake, and from ABW, and then you have Mark Anarchy and uh, Bobby the Bolt, right, or something like that. His name? Gosh, I forgot to say. Yeah, Bobby Bolt, and then it was Kaimana and um, Jekylls, and then it was uh, Jeff Cobb and Timmy Thatcher, and it was an interesting day. I mean, <laughs> the action guys came in, and they're real, all really cool, all really nice guys. I really enjoyed their enthusiasm. And then, like, classic Roland Alexander, like, made him do drills before the show <laughs> to, see, to see how good they were. And it was just, like, and Roland wasn't really, like, into it at first. And he was, like, kind of, like, 
kind of being an asshole. I love rolling boats. Let's be honest, he was kind of being an asshole that day. And I roll, it'll be fine. Don't worry, it's going to be good. And at, and at the end of the night, like, in the end, Cobb and Thatcher had this really great match. It was really good. The first time they both worked t- together, of course. And, like, Rollins in tears crying. That's how good the match was. And so I was just uh, over the moon happy because, you know, like, I saw something. I felt like it was going to be good. It succeeded. And ever since then, I just uh, been, you know, just got to know Jeff that night. And we just always kept in contact. Any 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 memories Mike. of that of that uh, of that moment, Jeff? Um, this, I mean, John pretty much explained it. Uh, I mean, after we left uh, San Francisco back to Hawaii, you, you know, myself and John stayed in contact, and eventually he just said, "Hey, you gotta get out of Hawaii." And, and pretty much, uh, John was one of the reasons why. Then I ended up just, uh, you know, finishing up my career in Hawaii and then moving to, I guess, the mainland, if you will, or the continental U.S. <laughs> yeah, then we hooked up with Oliver John. You know, he, I, you know, he, you know, he had the raw ability. He was super talented, just a natural. But like, I was like, you got to hook up with Oliver John, old school Oliver John. Like, he would teach you like the final points that you need. And it was like a perfect marriage. I, you know, and you could talk about experience with Oliver, the training and, and like, you know, to me, I think Oliver's one of the best trainers. He's so passionate. Like just watching him and I watch him like train guys. I just, I get passionate. I, I want to get in there. It's outside. It, he, you know, he just loves it so much. He's a great trainer. And, uh, it was like, like I said, it was a perfect marriage for the two. And then I think Jeff's like, just leaped farther just with just Oliver's training. And, and I, and before Jeff, you know, talks about that, I, the 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 match that I thought that was one of the best indie matches I had seen was the thirty minute draw with Jeff and Oliver John and uh, my kid who you know he was he was he had been sort of in and out of wrestling you know he hadn't been really paying attention you know I had him come with me and he got out of that match going like wow like that's one of the best matches live I've ever seen. And that wasn't that long ago that we saw Shawn Michaels and the undertaker at WrestleMania 26. So, you know, I not, I don't, I don't know if he ranked your match, Jeff, uh, higher than uh, the heartbreak kid and, and taker, but like he, like he had seen, you know, he was there at that match and then he watched your match. And he was like, wow, that was one of the greatest live matches I've ever seen. So uh, I just wanted, I just wanted you to know that, but go ahead and, uh, and talk about Oliver a little bit. I mean, there's not really much to say of it, except that he's amazing. Um, I definitely owe my, I owe a giant chunk of my career to both John and and Oliver, because they definitely helped me get out of my little bubble of Hawaii. Um, you know, I, I love it there. I love the guys there, but it's just, it, it's it's so far away from. I mean, people will say California is, you know, an island on its own. I mean, imagine going five five hours west and getting to another small island so you know i definitely attribute a lot of my success to like all these teachings i mean he's helped me um grow as a wrestler and be a be a, just a better overall performer and you know like if it wasn't for him yeah i definitely don't know where i'd be right now he's also fantastic at karaoke <laughs> yeah he's 
Kenny Ro- what song did he, Kenny, Kenny Rogers uh, uh, whatever that song was that Kenny Rogers song was I was like Jesus Christ you you, you could add another career um, so uh, so John was there anything else yeah I mean you know you you had Jeff as when when you branched off of APW and, and started Premier like. He he was like your main you know your main guy one of your main guys but you know when I when I started watching like he you know he was the champ uh, you know what was it uh, obviously you guys were friends you saw a lot in him but you also you know you had started your own promotion and you saw him as like you know the guy to 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 build around yeah you know when I started premiere and my you know my buddy Matt Del Rosa actually is the one that actually like you know we should do this you should do this we can do this. And, like, and like when I started, like, you know, each promotion, you always have a focal point. I mean, uh, Vince kind of, like, narrows the spotlight. There's always that narrow spotlight on one, ta- one guy. There's, like, you know, like right now, you know, narrow spotlights on Roman Reigns, right? Narrow spotlights on, was on John Cena. Like, for premiere, like, I want a narrow spotlight on Jeff Cobb, and then everything was going to revolve around him. And, uh, and he, I mean, I mean, he helped get the – the news out, you know, premiere and, and, and people will click on his matches and check him out. That Oliver John, Jeff Cobb match was like shared a lot and people were talking about it. Um, you know, I showed it to Dave Meltzer and he like really put it over strong. Um, I asked if he can send it to Larry Matisic, who, you know, the, the right-hand man of Sam Mushnick in St. Louis territory, you know, it's the territory i just love and and i really respect larry madisic i just like wanted him to see it i just, just felt like he really shared with larry madisic and the feedback from larry madisic that was like one of the one of the best matches he's seen in a long time and it'd be perfect for st louis wrestling which you know for st louis wrestling to say that about st louis wrestling where you, know, you have to be really good to be there and say and just to say hear them say that jeff cobb and oliver john would be perfect for st louis wrestling for that time period like that just just blew my mind, and I was like, "Yes, these guys are fantastic." I'm so glad like someone recognized you know to see that, and then and I just love seeing what Jeff's doing, and and just keeps going higher and higher and higher, and it's a, and he's just like I said, he's a fantastic athlete. I always say this on Twitter. I always want to you know promote him out there, but I tell the fans like, "Yo, he's always here. You have to see these guys live, and like you really have to see Jeff Cobb live to really really appreciate what he can do." He's amazing, and then uh, you know, and so uh, so all the people out there listening, if you haven't seen Jeff live yet, he's in your town. Definitely buy a ticket. It's definitely worth the money just to see his match and and see what he can do out there. Uh, Jeff, you know, these last few years have have been uh, have been uh, I, I you know I I would say pretty pretty it's pretty amazing for for someone you know like me who's who's a, who's a big fan and who's seen you uh, you know in the Bay area to then see you in front of national audiences like, uh, Lucha Underground, allegedly, um, ROH, um, New Japan, right? Like, like it seems like the last few years for you have been kind of like a whirlwind. And I know that, uh, you know, this, you know, you're, you're all in on professional, professional wrestling. Um, what is, what is it, what has it been like for these last few years, you know, coming, you know, being, being, working in the independence and then now, you know, seeing, uh, through a national lens, uh, and, and more casual fans checking your stuff out. I mean, it's, it's definitely mind blowing. Like, like thinking back to like the, 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 the career that I'm having now is something I've only dreamed about when I was, you know, as a kid and starting to actually 
training for pro wrestling. Like I always dreamed, like, oh man, it'd be so cool if I could be in PWI or you know just be seen on a TV show or something like that. And then you know, flash forward a couple of years, and now I'm getting the opportunity to do these things. And it's just, it's so it's super overwhelming sometimes, and and it's just it's it's amazing. It's eye opening for me, but I'm having a blast. I'm just trying to you know trying to stay grounded while all this fun success is happening. Um, and you know, I have a great support system. Like my, my, my girlfriend would beat me up if I ever got too big headed, but (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm I'm definitely, I'm definitely loving this, this ride that I'm on, you know, just seeing like different States and different countries and different cities and just being able to perform in all these different places. And, in new towns every day and every weekend. And it's just, it's, it's definitely like an amazing feeling. You know, speaking of How's that, the- uh, uh, I'll, I'll look, uh, one, one thing and then you can go, John, but speaking just, I wanted to play off of what Jeff just said. Uh, you've been in some pretty cool, uh, places to wrestle. We, you know, we mentioned Japan. Um, you've wrestled in, in the famed cow palace, like, what do you have a current specific favorite arena? You know, you, you'll be in many arenas, you know, in the future. But is there is there a favorite one now where you walked in the building and you were like, "Wow, this is actually kind of you know really cool to be wrestling here." Uh, probably the first thing was was the first time uh, APW ran the Cow Palace. Um, just the history in that building alone was it it, it gave me chills like. Like thinking about because I used to I watched I mean I had that DVD or Eddie Guerrero beat Brock Lesnar and you know just that building alone I was like holy cow this is the same building so just that kind of that atmosphere it it was it was an amazing night that's all I said bottom line it was, it was such a cool moment and then doing it again with APW and then doing it for a third time with New Japan so I'm like geez like the cow house has been awesome like top to bottom so. Yeah, hopefully there's more to come for that. I'm sure there will. How's uh, how's wrestling? Speaking of buildings, how's wrestling at Corken Hall? It's a legendary wrestling building, Japan. I mean, it's one of my favorite buildings to watch wrestling. When I when I see cards from there, just like it's like this seems like a great place to. It's a more intimate setting, and the crowds kind of they feel like they're close up on you. And how was it like wrestling there for the first time? See, like that one, like I always say the Cow Palace, but then like Cork and Hawk definitely ranks up there. Um, it's it's definitely like tugging at the, it's probably like 1A or 1B, like it it, it alternates every so often. Like just Cork and Hall is like amazing, like just to see stuff that I've watched on, on New Japan World, like from events that have taken place in Cork and, and to be able to perform there, it was like, it, it was crazy. Like I was taking so many pictures that the first day I was in there and like, it never gets old. It never gets old for me. Like number one, because of the history of Cork and all. And number two is when I'm done with my match, like I just walk around straight up back in my hotel room. So that's always a positive. <laughs> Tell yeah. us about the uh, dude, Japan at the cow palace walking out that night. Cause I remember, man, I was emotional seeing you come out. Uh, it was like, just like all of a sudden I see the, the, the big screen, Jeff Cobb, the music plays, you come out, the rumble from the crowd. It just like, it overwhelmed me. It is like, this. I just felt so proud and so happy for you. And, uh, how it was like making that walk down that aisle. 
man, if if I didn't have a match, I, I probably would have been crying like a little like a little baby. But uh, <laughs> I had to stay in the zone. I had to stay in the zone for that. Like it was so cool because it it was it was like having that uh the hometown advantage. Like it was a home playoff game for me. Uh, just being able, I mean, for first and foremost, to be able to carry the APW belt down to the ring around my waist, you know, live on on New Japan World. It, like that was super cool, and then people were like, "Oh shoot, that's that's the APW Championship!" Oh shoot, the Jeff Cobb, let's go, Jeff, come on! And, you know, just everybody was behind me that night, and um, like it was, it, it was just, it was just like very, it was a crazy experience, and I, I can't like sometimes I have a hard time explaining, but it's just one of those moments where, like when you think about it, you get like you get the the chicken skin going on. Yeah, I remember that it was like seeing it live. It was a really good match. I think it really played really well on TV because I rewatched the match a couple times, and I just remember now something I'll never forget now about that match. Watching on TV on Access when I came home when I, when I got taped uh, was Jim Ross saying, you know, he was putting it over strong because he likes he likes legit athletes, and he I think he mentions like he should watch Steve, you know, take it. Watch more Steve Williams, and you pull out the Oklahoma Stampede, and then like Josh Rodriguez, like Josh Rodriguez, like, well, there's Steve Williams right there. It was just, it was just a really, really cool little moment. I thought during that match on the TV side, uh, so that was really cool. Uh, do you like as you talked about? I mean, we've talked about you know your career is still is still pretty young. Uh, you have you have so many things that you're going to do, but as you're doing a lot of these really great things that you've mentioned, like, do you ever sit back and go, wow, you know, it, when we, you know, when, when I have grandkids, I'm going to tell them about that. Or are you just kind of like going, you know, pretty fast and pretty hard that you don't really sit back and reflect like that. I, I just knowing you a little bit, it seems like you're someone who, who really appreciates uh, things and, 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 and is going to savor s- s- moments like that. Um, but is it like, is there a favorite moment or is there like a, uh, anything that that you know you're 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 writing down in a notebook so that you don't forget, you know, in case you write a biography, you know, in the in, in your life or whatever. Are there any moments like that? Um, well, I did start like uh, well, I have a notebook for um, all my matches that I've had, like dates and cities and opponents and and outcomes and stuff. Um, I also have another binder for. Pretty much, I have fifty pages, or actually, I have about sixty pages. Uh, fifty of them for for every state and and every company I've wrestled for, and every company in every city that I've wrestled for them. And so, um, those are the things I can scroll through. Like, so like you know, in the future, if like if my kid goes, "Hey, have you ever wrestled in Colorado?" and I can look up in my book and like, "Yeah, I have," and any other company that I wrestled for in Colorado and. And all that, and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm, I'm a pretty sentimental guy. Like I try to, you know, have random things that I collect from different places and different companies and different experiences. But I mean, there there are times where I feel sometimes I I get caught up in the moment. And I'm just going on, I'm just going on like cruise control and just. But cruise control is going at like ninety miles an hour, so <laughs> sometimes I kind of, sometimes I, I try to just get out of that zone and and kind of just make sure I take it in because you know, like a lot of times, like 
I mean, it, it, it gets really hectic sometimes, and sometimes you don't appreciate it as much, but I try to make sure I appreciate every every weekend that I get to do this because I mean, there's a lot of guys that want to be in my position. Um, I'm not ready to pick that up yet, so I mean, I definitely am being more appreciative and, and, and aware of, of my situation. How has uh, ROH been so far for you? How are you, you liking the company? How are they treating you? I mean, uh, sounds like things are going pretty good for right now. From what I've seen. ROH is awesome. Um, the the guys in the back, like uh, like uh, BJ Whitmer, is, is really funny. He helps me out a lot. Um, Delirious when he does return emails is is really funny. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they, yeah, they just take a little bit of, like, I, I thought I'd get something back in, like, in a week, maybe, like, two weeks, and, oh, I thought I'd message you, and I'm like, no, you didn't, man, so, but, yeah, he's, he's like, everybody's been super cool, like, everybody there has been really, really smart, like, a lot, some of the guys I've, I've seen and known on the Indies for a while now, so, um, pretty much just kind of, like, coming to a new place, and, but just hanging out with everybody, and not really have to worry too much, but I mean, I mean, everybody's really helpful too. Was like working like hard cams and stuff. It's a little bit different with Ring of Honor as opposed to like Lucha Underground where they had six rolling cameras. So yeah, so it's just a little bit different, but there's a lot of help there. So are you, um, is there more creative freedom there? Do they overproduce you? I know we work on the hard cam stuff, which I know you, you, you know, you've had experience with boots underground and that, but, uh, like, like what's the experience like that? Do they, cause I know, I know you can go out there and just do it. Like, but, but there's a more of like, like I said, overproducing. I know a lot of guys don't like to be overproduced. Those are how's the freedom there. There's a kind of a 50, 50 thing or, um, well, I mean, as of right now, I've only done run-ins, but like they don't. The segments that I have done that they've had input in, like I haven't, I haven't overused anything. They just the premise is, hey, um, go out there and kick their ass. I'm like, all right, cool, it works for me. Um, <laughs> then simple. They're like, and then and then they're like, uh, also make sure you hit the hard camp pose and make sure the hard camp gets it. I'm like, all right, sounds good. So, I mean, they're they're. they're I mean, to an extent, they're also not not really overproducing, but they're definitely helping me out with like with character and and just TV TV stuff. So I mean, I, I like that for that aspect of it because it, it's definitely something that I could improve on. So um, I mean, any help I can get, especially from them, yeah. I'll, I- that's good. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of not overproducing guys. I think it's best to like give them the creative freedom, give them the structure. Like you know, maybe if, if you have something that you want to give in, I always like you know make sure you tell this certain story. But usually, I, I think it's always best. I always, it's my experience with the work with talent has always been like just give them the basic layout and then let them do their thing and be open-minded and listening. Like I'm usually pretty good at uh, listening and I, I enjoy like hearing the professor's feedback. So that's, that's cool. So I'm, I'm glad, uh, and I'm, I'm excited for this, uh, ROH run. I think it's a perfect place for you right now. And I'm looking forward to that. And of course, they, of course they had a great relationship with, with uh, new Japan. 
And I think it's a perfect place for any of you right now. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Hopefully that brings more New Japan stuff down the line. So the uh, ROH uh, made some waves earlier, a couple months ago, by uh, booking Madison Square Garden for WrestleMania weekend. And I imagine that's a place where, you know, you've always thought like, wow, it'd be be pretty, pretty, pretty incredible place to wrestle. Um, and sort of in in in, uh, in relationship to to that show, uh, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, the uh, the Elite, you know, they did they did a show uh, all in, which is kind of like a, a little bit of a precursor to to what that uh, that that um, Madison Square Garden show could be like. Like, do you, do you know those guys pretty well? I mean, we've seen you on a few episodes of Being the Elite, but like, what do you think about what they're doing? You know, they're truly. Um, you know, utilizing their platforms to to uh, to raise their game and to build some leverage. Uh, they are wanted men, you know, in in all these different places who who want them to work for them. Like, have have you thought about you know what what those guys are doing for the business? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's great what they're doing. Um, you know, as like, well, I mean, for example, like uh, Kenny Omega is the number one wrestler in the world right now, um, according to PWI five hundred and. In, in a lot of people's eyes, really. And, you know, like, he's doing what he wants to do, and he's wrestling the way he wants to wrestle. And what he's doing, what Cody's doing, what the Bucks are doing, what they're all doing is essentially like a, like a do-it-yourself mentality, which is great, because they're achieving this success without the WWE machine behind them. Like, I mean, up until a year ago, like you want to know how topic you'd see like a John Cena shirt or like WWE t-shirts, but now you can see Bullet Club or uh, Young Bucks shirt just recently like um, SoCal Uncensored. And you know, just, like this wasn't possible three years ago, four years ago. And what they're doing is just opening up more eyes to the, the pro wrestling product that, are accustomed to like like just like they're 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 trendy I guess if you like they're they're super popular and like everybody wants to like there's so many like so many people that wear like like Bullet Club or Young Bucks t-shirt and they don't know who they are but it's just <laughs> it's cool wear and which is fine like I mean yeah more part to them yeah that's how stuff gets popular getting, yeah that, but they're they're just getting more eyes like. The people who've never seen wrestling, but they see everybody wearing Young Bucks. Oh, oh, I gotta go get a Young Bucks shirt. And like, well, what is it? And they start looking at, oh, they're wrestlers. And then they start, you know, they start following, being a fan. And then they start opening eyes up. Oh, well, Young Bucks wrestling these guys this week. Okay, cool. Who are these guys? And I think it just, I think it just helps wrestling as a whole. Um, John, before we let Jeff go, is there anything else you wanted to uh, to ask him about? Oh, no, I think we covered everything. Uh, just want to say how I'm proud of you, man. You know, you really you're living the dream. You took a big, you know, big risk and came out here, and it's all paying off, man. And um, looking forward to seeing it tomorrow night at the APW. A big match for you guys. Uh, you and Jr. Two best friends team up together uh, against uh, Jacob Fatu and Will, Will Hobbs. That's going to be one hell of a main event. And people should go to AwfulWrestling.com. Get your tickets. Facebook page, uh, definitely come out and see Jeff do his thing. And like I said, you won't be disappointed in Delhi City tomorrow night. 
And uh, Jeff's uh, Twitter handle is uh, Real Jeff Cobb. Jeff, where else are you going to be? Uh, you used to have the Instagram posts and the Facebook posts. Book the Brown Guy. Where else are you going to be uh, in, in the near future? <laughs> oh man, I, I love that hashtag. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, like well, then I started putting a couple of uh, cryptic hashtags out, like. Uh, uh, book me while you can, and uh, it's coming to an end. And I just like, you know, it's so funny because people read into that so deeply. And when you could just message me and say, "Hey, what's going on with that?" But I probably won't. I probably won't tell you if I don't like you. So, like, if you guys mess, if you guys message me, I'd let you get no. But some of you will. Like, well, I'm going to tell you, I don't care. But um, yeah, so I'll, I'll be I'll be everywhere uh, this weekend. I'll be at Opera Wrestling. Um, Taking butt with one of my one of my closest friends, uh, Jr. Craves, and then uh, yeah, next week I'll be at uh, I'll be actually here, uh, Las Vegas, at the Ring of Honor uh, pay per view Friday, taking uh, taping Saturday, and then uh, Sunday I'll be New Japan at the Long Beach Arena or the Pyramid, I guess. No, no, it's not the Pyramid anymore. I don't even know where it's at. I feel so bad. Now, yeah, it's Long Beach. It's Long Beach. Great. <laughs> follow, the, follow, the, follow the hordes of fans, and then you'll be in the right place. And is and I think uh, Saturday. Are you working in, in in the Bay Area as well? Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, Saturday I'll be in uh, Salinas uh, with uh, BTW, and I'll be wrestling there. It's been a while since I've been there, so it'd be be interesting. And, Who are you working that night? <laughs> Uh, I'm wrestling. Uh, it's not going to be a reunion of a, a former tag team, but it's going to. Uh, I'll be wrestling on Caljack down there. Oh, good. Well, actually, that's great, man. That's a match that I was <laughs> one of those matches. I think, God, oh, man, if I still had premiere, I'd love to book that kind of match with those two guys. That's that, that's pretty cool. I found a good treat there. And I'm happy, and you got my, you got where I was going with that. I'm, so, <laughs> I'm glad there's no reunion. <laughs> Of a certain tag yeah. team, one of the worst names in pro wrestling history. <laughs> it was not as bad as wearing football pads, maybe. I don't know, maybe so. <laughs> oh gosh, man, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a book, or there's gonna be a book coming out. And then one of my chapters is gonna be um, people gave me these gimmicks, and then I would love to write gonna be a forward sh- if I can, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. More than welcome to. I'm I'm not good I'm not good with words, but I'll have a ghostwriter or something. I'll just, I'll just talk and then have somebody else write it. Oh, I mean, it's gonna be awesome. It'll be a great book too because they can capture your humor, which you're a very very funny guy. <laughs> like it'd be it'd be awesome. It'd be one one book to read for sure. Well, some of my favorite oh, yeah. some well, of my favorite tweets were uh, when when Jeff would watch uh, a wrestling a wrestling show and just like start tweeting the play by play. Oh, that was that was my dad. That was my that was my that was my uh, angry vet phase. I was so angry at. Um, I mean, I don't want to put Northern California on blast, but there was there was some bad stuff out there. Um, I went to support friends, and this is I was very angry. <laughs> also very angry. I was a very angry fella. So yeah, like so you know people say like. Don't uh, jump down your exes. Like, don't angry tweet while you're watching horrible <laughs> wrestling. 
Oh, man. Uh, And the the last thing I just saw today, uh, PWG has announced uh, October 19th, you against Walter. So that should be kind of a... Uh, one of those one of those matches where people really need to to check that out. That that's kind of a must see match. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a fun, hard hitting. And uh, I've been I've been bugging uh, Walter and Thatcher to like their ring conf uh, numbers have gone down because uh, WWE signed uh, um, Axel Dino Jr. and so you know they gotta they gotta replace him, right? So I tell them, hey, listen, I'll gladly join ring conf if I come to Germany more often. <laughs> What are you going to do? Team for sure. What are you going to do? I don't ca- want to wear trunks. <laughs> I don't want to wear trunks. <laughs> what are you going to do to callous up your chest? Because Jesus, every every match I see from Walter, like the, the uh, his opponent just is uh, ground beef for his chest after the match. Well, you know the the famous Harley Race story where he goes like, "What's your finisher, kid?" And you say like diving headbutt, and then Harley Race would just say, "I'll move." Same thing. If Walter was on to chop me, I'll move. So that's that's actually or, great defense. Maybe those shoulder pads can come into play. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're only for the shoulders, not for the chest. Though. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, there there was a time where I was a gladiator and I had a shield, so maybe that might help. <laughs> yeah. Oh there you my go. God, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> I think I saw the picture. I just shook my head. <laughs> I shook my head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, our, Jeff, thanks. You know, I, I kept you a little bit of overtime, but uh, you're 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 a great guest, uh, and I appreciate you hanging out with us. And you know, down the road, we'll uh, we'll bug you again and and get you on, and hopefully, it'll be after uh, something else that you know that that happened. I know you've had a whirlwind of a week. You're probably super tired from just the uh, all the things that happened. But uh, thanks thanks for hanging out with us, man. Oh yeah, anytime guys. Anytime. For you guys, no problem. For random guys, no thank you. But you guys, I'll, I'll make time. And 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 this doesn't really happen when it comes to podcasts, but we can we can big up other podcasts. I know you were on Xbox show pretty recently, so go ahead, go go check out uh, Jeff Cobb on Xbox One Two Three Sixty when you get the chance. Uh, that was a lot of fun talking to Jeff Cobb. Um, John, I know you guys were talking a little bit about, you know, stories, inside jokes or whatever, but just so the, the fans and myself, I don't know the story, uh, what was the story with the shoulder pads that you guys were cracking up about? <laughs> um, Jeff, early on in his career here in Northern California, worked for Gold Rush Wrestling, Gold Rush Pro Wrestling, uh, Sparky Ballard, a well-known referee in our area, um, promoter, of course, with Gold Rush. Um, you know, he's Sparky's really into gimmicks and specialty matches and uh, that stuff. He likes the wackiness of wrestling. And he had Jess and another wrestler, Sione, um, as a football team gimmick with shoulder pads and all that, all the stuff. You know, I don't know if they had helmets. I don't remember that, but I just remember they had like <laughs> the shoulder pads. And it's, it just, just doesn't fit Jeff. It was like, it's like, it was like putting a cat. In clothes, they just kind of fall over. Not that Jeff just fell over, but like, but like, it's just like you know, he wasn't natural, he wasn't comfortable in it. And and it's like, gimmicks are are good for guys that need it. Jeff, a guy that does not need a gimmick, he's like I said, the real deal. So um, it was we just always kind of laugh about about that. And 
and stuff like that and the and that key it's just something we all kinda of laugh about. I don't know, it's one of those things it's just just kinda of shake shake your head and the gladiator, I don't remember that. I do oh we brought it up. It was I think it was just one promotion that was like one and done or a couple shows and I remember seeing the picture like the hell <laughs> why are you trying to gimmick up Jeff Cobb like there's no need to gimmick him up yeah, yeah 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 and like you know here I am you know trying to promote him as like the super athlete and he was legitimately and these schmoes are like making you know not, not you know like it's just, it's just it just doesn't make sense to me and like head scratching you know so not to say Spark is a schmo I'm just saying like it just it just, just doesn't make it was just the wrong call. I mean, I mean, sometimes, yeah. sometimes you know, you swing and miss, right? Like some some ideas are uh, actually work and are fantastic, and others just don't work out. And like, look, I mean, you can look at you know the king of this stuff, right? Vince McMahon. How many times has he missed on stuff before? That like that stuff, you know, like you said, uh, you know, if you know Jeff a little bit, like that that doesn't fit his character. But hey, like you know, you try things and they just don't work out or whatever. But, but um, on the other side, though, like Jeff. With Matanza, right, Lucha Underground, and like he had to wear a mask and do the gimmick, and like that helped him out because now he had to create this new character. But that was something he can kind of get behind a little more. I mean, to be a you know, he's always wanted to be heel. You know, he never I don't think he ever worked heel before till that point, and so he had to learn to do the character. So that was that worked for him, but like. When, like, you know, a guy doesn't want to do the football game. And not that he was an ass and didn't want to do it, you know, or, or, you know, like, you know, he did it, you know, but, like, you know, you know, like, I, I, I'm not a fan of, like, putting guys in situations that they're not comfortable in because they're not going to get the performance you need, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to find the guy that you're going to do that, like, want to do that kind of game that can give you his all. Right, And that's right. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that, I think that's... That definitely makes sense. Um, so we have a bunch of other things to talk about, but I did, you know, I did want to uh, give us enough time to talk to Jeff, uh, and and we will we will be there on Friday to watch him wrestle for APW. Uh, and you know, like you said, you know, if you get a chance to see Jeff live, uh, it, it's it's worth it. He's he's a really good uh, he's a really good wrestler live. His stuff is everything is strong and. Uh, he's 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 also very athletic. So uh, so you know, and, and the other thing is is you know we're getting a little inside wrestling here. But God, the guy's such a terrific seller. Like you, just amazing, amazing at selling. And uh, he's probably one of the more underrated guys in in the industry. And I'm not just talking about like on the indies or in ROH or whatever, but like literally in the industry, one of the best sellers in the business. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's made me believe countless times I always think the guy's hurt or something like that. And, you know, um, he's, just, he's just a master at it. You know, he learned, like I said, he learned for the best. Like Oliver, John, one of the best. And Oliver's a big proponent of selling. And, and you know, you got to sell to make people believe. They ain't believing in And they're not going to send this belief and get into your matches and get that rumble at the end and get that, that excitement in, you know, you can't just go out there and just fuck around. You have to like really, really tell a story, and selling is a huge part of that, a very important part of that. And and Jeff, in my opinion, one of the best today at that aspect of the art of pro wrestling. 
Um, all right, so let's talk about some of the other stuff that's going on. Uh, probably the biggest story of the week is uh, John Jones given another life. Um, he is going to fight again, and probably really soon after uh, an, an arbiter uh, ruled that uh, the suspension was cut down. That I, I think m- most people thought he was going to be suspended for several years at least. And uh, he got his suspension cut, and he's going to be fighting pretty soon, maybe even at Madison Square Garden. But uh, I think the most interesting thing about this case is uh, there's there's a writer. Uh, I always get his name. I, I, I'm not sure if it's Ian Kidd or Ian Kidd, but um, he's a writer for uh, The Bloody Elbow. And he he mentioned or, or like he kind of got the whole thing going on Twitter yesterday about how uh, one of the one of the reasons why John Jones's suspension was cut short is because he was uh, he gave up state's evidence and like it, like it, it's kind of crazy to think about like that you can you know you can get your suspension cut just by and we don't we don't know what that state's evidence evidence is. If it was tattling on a rest, uh, another fighter, or uh, you know, giving up, you know, a connect, uh, or um, you know, ha, 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 this is how you beat this test, like whatever it was, uh, you know, that was part of the reason why he got his suspension cut down heavily, and and I thought that was the most interesting thing about about the whole situation because I had actually never heard about that that happening before and i think it's the first time that it's happened where someone got their suspension cut and i don't know if you listen to wrestling observer radio yet but um dave and brian had filthy tom lawler on the show and you know tom you basically got the book thrown at him by the ufc for having really really small amounts of austerine uh, and you know he's now cut you know the ufc cut him and here you see, you know, John Jones, who's basically done everything wrong from failing drug tests to getting in an accident and basically being in a hit and run to having a cocaine problem that he admitted and that now we know that he also went to rehab for. So just like a whole bunch of things that had happened. And John Jones has let off scot-free. Uh what did you did you have any thoughts? Uh, what, like, what was the first thing that you thought when you heard this story yesterday? Man, I was really upset, really upset. I just I'm, I hate this double standard, you know, because Don Jones is a star. He, you know, he, but you know that he gets off or gets an early suspension lifted, and now he's able to fight again. Where other guys who are not stars like 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 I said like get thrown the book out of it and it's uh, it just really soured me on the sport of MMA and you know my interest in MMA last year has been down uh, as you know I me mean, I enjoy like getting the opportunity to watch with my friends and it's a good time to hang out but like other than a few fights here and there I'm like I went from like having to watch like every fight to like really really picking and choosing and not really care if I miss a fight now and and it's just like I just don't like it. And I was just like, ah, like I was reading that, you know, today, um, Dave Meltzer's, uh, report on the observer on the belief story of dog Jones, which is like fantastic work. Like if you want to know anything about this, 
want detailed reporting on this. Like you have to read Dave's article on John Jones for sure. And just reading it, just like really like, and I know I never was a fan. I was a fan early on, of course, you know, but like, I just think John's going to, John Jones is going to mess up again. And, and he's going to pull some bullshit crying thing in, but you know what? Like enough's enough, dude. Like, just go away, honestly. Like, I really don't care to watch him. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't even know if I even care for him and Brock at this point. It's just, it's just, it's just horrible. You know, you know, the thing that I thought last night after, after this happened was, I have a feeling they're going to skip Cormier and Lesnar and go straight to John Jones and Brock Lesnar. And how much of a slap in the face is it to Daniel Cormier who has exactly. who has been your champion and in all of you know J- Jones has been suspended uh and he's failed a couple drug tests and it, it's pretty uh, I think we all know that it, both times that he beat Daniel uh there was some assistance there uh so he you know Daniel hasn't been beaten clean by by John and and it is just so it's just su- such a frustrating thing where you know the business of it out- outweighs everything else now you know, maybe it doesn't happen, and maybe it, they don't go immediately to to Brock Lesnar and John Jones, and maybe it is Daniel Cormier and Brock Lesnar. But just the just the fact that my my immediate thought was that they're going there explains exactly what you said, uh, which is that there's a complete double standard. We expect this stuff to happen. We know that none of this stuff is on the level uh, MMA uh, as a sport. Um, you know they're they're looking to make money. Hey, you know they have a huge you know the the, the company that that bought them for that that huge figure. They they got to recoup some of that, right? And that's and that's why we have Conor McGregor and Khabib uh, in a, you know soon in, in a month or, or so. Uh, and that's why they want John Jones you know to be back. Like he's one of their few pay per view uh, draws, and he's he's not a fantastic draw. He's not Conor, but he is you know, up above average from, and, and from what they usually see. So yeah, frustrating, uh, not unexpected. Um, I think most MMA fans who aren't as close to it as us, they probably don't care that much. They just assume everyone is cheating. So they're like, ah, who cares? Everyone's cheating. But, uh, but yeah, this well, one, this one's going to leave a bad taste in my mouth for sure. But like, I could not believe what I read and this, like I'm already, already just disgusted about this, this whole thing. And then I read that, John Jones has only been tested like one. <laughs> and poor Daniel Cormier, <laughs> who's a stand-up guy, as we know, you know, been tested like, you know, like on a regular. And it's like, and I'm glad that he finally like just told him like, hey, I'm tired of you guys coming at six yeah. o'clock in the morning yeah. to bug me. Like, I'm never going to get popped. I'm never going to be sale test. You know, good on Daniel Cormier. Like, he's one definitely one of my favorites and, and, and a stand-up guy. You know, my kids can look up to that guy. You know, you can't say the same thing about John Jones, and and he like he's a he's a tra- he's gonna be a he's a he's a tragic case that John Jones and like I just had no not no sympathy for him anymore. Not even, nothing. I'm not falling for it anymore. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. You know, there, there's going to be a lot of focus on UFC, and we'll talk about UFC a lot more as we get closer to this Connor fight. 
We're not going to talk about it too much right now, but uh, but yeah, well, we're going to move on to wrestling. But that was a big story, so I wanted, I definitely wanted your take, and and I kind of knew what your take was going to be. So I'm happy we're both on the same same page about this. This is probably why we're friends. Um, okay, so <laughs> next thing uh, on the docket. So there was some uh, pretty good wrestling uh, this whole weekend. Um, I know you didn't watch a lot of Hel- Helena Cell, um, but you did watch the tag team match. Uh, between um, the the uh, uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose um, against Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, I thought that was a really good match, um, and it was probably my my favorite WWE tag team match. Uh, I think the other one that the other ones that we can think of are the NXT matches um, that that have been going on with uh, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven and and. Uh, and Roddy and um, and Adam uh, Adam Cole and 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 the what? Why do I forget? Why, what, what's the what's the group's name? Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era. Like th- those matches were really good. And I think you know if we're talking about main brand only, this is probably my favorite tag team match of the year for WWE. Oh yeah, it it'd be hard for us to beat this tag match. It was. Definitely one of the best. I love the storytelling. I liked how they cut the ring off on Seth Rollins, heat on him. Sigler um, uh, and Drew make a really good team. Uh, Drew is just a stud. He's a, he's a star, and he should be. I'm looking forward to him challenging Roman Reigns, be on top of the card. Um, he has it all. He's a complete package, and um, I'm glad that they they're taking notice of that and. I like the build with him. Like I, I like how it's not like they're not rushing into the main event right right away. You know, he's like in this team with Ziggler, but they mean we know he's going to branch off and, and go on the singles run. But it's not like it's not forced. It's not rushed. I think it's a, it's a good pace for him right you now. Yeah. So he is to me. He's like the next guy. Like he's the total package for them, and. I do wonder what uh, what Vince thinks. I, I mean, I think he he probably sees him in in a very similar light that that we see him in. But like you know, there's lots of t- you know, is it Roman Reigns? Is it Braun Strowman? Is it Brock Lesnar? Like soon he's got to be in that mix. Now what you said is you know it's actually it's actually a cool story that he's with Ziggler and and their eventual sort of split up or whatever should be actually really good too because they they I think they are a good team and and to me. This is the most interested I've been in Dolph Ziggler in a very long time, due partially in part to Drew McIntyre. So that part, this team, I really enjoy them. But gosh, he's like, if he's not there, he's like so close to that top level, and I can't wait to see him there. Yeah, he'll be there. He'll be there shortly. Um, yeah, he should be, I mean, I think he should win the Rumble. He should get a title shot. I mean, they should definitely go all the way with him. And uh, I mean, there's not. Right now, WWE, the way it is, and there's nothing really to excited about, in my opinion, right now, currently. You know, they have a good product still. It's just nothing feels like fresh and new a lot. Like, that match does. Roman Reigns and uh, Andrew McIntyre, for sure. We was something I'm looking forward to when, when it happens. You know, I was on a message. Uh, it's actually a Facebook group, uh, one of my favorite Facebook groups, uh, The the uh, my buddies. Draven and Big D, they they have a, a Facebook group for their uh, for their show, and I like a lot of the guys on there. They're they're all you know diehard wrestling fans, but they're you know they like a lot of the wacky stuff too. But uh, one of the one of the questions was, 
when Vince finally steps down, is Triple H, you know, could could you see Triple H creating a wrestling-centric, wrestling-heavy product, including doing something like bringing back the King of the Ring and, and, and booking it sort of like the G1? And my thought was, as if I am uh, Fox or the USA Channel, I want a product that is very similar to what Vince currently is putting out because... It is a it, it it draws ratings. It is it is it looks fantastic. Like even if you don't like the wrestling and the storylines, and I don't like I'm not a regular raw watcher these days. Though I need to get back into it because I I've, I've, I feel a little bit out of the loop, and I, and I don't like feeling that way with WWE TV. But like you 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 have to admit that the product, the way it looks, the presentation, all that stuff is like is a a plus. Now. The wrestling, the storylines, the connectivity with with everything that that's definitely like I don't know if it's some of the worst that it's been, but it's it's definitely it's definitely down there. But the way like if I'm one of those major companies, I'm like, look, this is what sells. This is what the casual audience wants, and I'm not I'm not sure if an NXT product would be would work uh, on, on a larger scale now. Can they tighten the storylines like this, like, like Triple H and company do on NXT? Yes. Can they uh, create um, better sort of in ring that 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 you know that that allows guys to 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 really go for a good amount of time and, and make some of these matches like must see? I, I definitely agree that they could get better at that. But the fact of the matter is 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 Vince McMahon's product is something that is selling to a a more casual audience to the point of, you know, the TV deals and and all this. And, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like a, I don't know what you'd call it, a mirage in a sense, because the overall casual fandom is, is really down, you know, compared to, you know, 10 years ago and, and like worse than cut in half from 20 years ago. But like, for whatever reason, this company is still is still hot to where you know the stock is up and he's you know ten times rich as he was you know a year ago or whatever. Um, and, and I see I get fans' point about wanting to this product to to envision something that that like NXT. But when I look at it, I go, okay, I got New Japan for that, right? Like I got New Japan and I got NXT when I want to see blowaway matches. It would be great if there were more in WWE, but I watch WWE for a little bit different reason. And I know we're, we're kind of getting off tangent a little bit, but, you know, you have, you know, a, a, a certain mind for wrestling. And do you fight sort of with the idea of like, I get the bigger picture. I wish it was more like this. You can't say that they're not successful. Like, you can't really tell Vince McMahon anything these days because right now whatever he touches turns to gold even if you know it's bad like like how do you look at it from like a long time wrestling fan and someone who's like watched WWE probably since like the you know the mid to late 80s um, I just think things should be a little tighter with the storytelling and that's all I that's all I want to see just a little more adjusting a little more listening to what the audience wants sometimes I think WWE gets stubborn on certain things and they just kind of want to not give it to the fans. And I think also, like, use your new talent. Like, you have this system in place, NXT, 
They get these new acts hot for you. You call them up. They're supposed to infuse like some fresh blood on the on the on the, the energy to your shows, right? That's what they're supposed to do. Yeah, it's just like you know, 2010. You know, Giants need to make a change. Here comes Buster Posey. What happened there? <laughs> I, I, you know, exactly. You know, that's like, that's you, exactly what happened. You get you get you get you know, seeing almost. You can bring bring him in and 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 start building up to a bigger spot in the card, and you got fresh matches. Sanity. What the hell are they doing? Not much. You know this, this trio, this great trio. Do something with them. A AOP, great powerful tag team, and they kind of get out of. I think that's what you're going to see. That's going to be different. I think it's really going to be the same when it comes to the production, all that stuff. Um, but I think. What Triple H is going to do is not have these new, the new blood of the NXT guys coming up and just having to start all over. Like he's going to use that momentum and carry and, and keep it going on the main roster. And I think that's what we're going to see when he eventually does take over. And that's what frustrates me. That's just like like how how is Jordan Gable not not successful, right? Like how is the revival not successful right now? And we can go on and on along this long list. How could how could Shinsuke Nakamura just become a guy within a few months of the roster? Like that's the stuff that just 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 drives me insane. And it's almost like you kind of like I mean, you love what they're doing the NXT. Like you don't want to be called up, right? But yeah, like, yeah. For the careers, it's, for the careers, it's a positive because they're they're, they're going to make a lot more money and in that aspect. But it's just it's like as a fan being selfish, it's like I kind of like what they're doing down there with undisputed people. Pete Dunne, like Pete Dunne, should be a top heel in that front, in that, in that company, yeah. or top babyface. Fans love him, so absolutely, it's just, it's, it's 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 frustrating from a fan aspect of, of that of that end. But like I think that's going to change the positive in the future, though. All right, so um, I thought Hell in a Cell was a, was a good show. I think a lot of people were frustrated with the how the main event ended with Brock Lesnar coming back. But to that, I say. It's probably better than beating Braun Strowman because that is the flip side. Uh, Roman wasn't going to lose the title here. And, you know, the bottom line is that they are building towards that Saudi Arabia show, which is like a second WrestleMania when it comes to how much money you make off of that show. So I get it. Now, is it uh, – can, can we criticize them for that? Sure, absolutely. But I sort of get the big picture on that and – you know, that's just the new WWE that you have to deal with. You got to deal with them doing stuff like that. You know, they got an Australia show that they're going to make a ton of money off of. You know, they really have like three or four WrestleManias this year uh, with all those big shows. And uh, and that and that's, you know, that's sort of that's sort of the deal. But uh, there were other matches this week. Um, Kenny Omega faced uh, Ishii. Um, we we kind of previewed this match on the last show. Overall, what were your thoughts, and how did you compare it to the G one match? Um, the match was really good. I had it definitely below the G one match. I thought the crowd was hotter than G one. Uh, this match, they told the they told a different story, a little bit different story. Um, I did. I wasn't really into the closing moment of the match. I think. Kenny, it's not he's not the only guy that does this, but like for example, the V trigger, like it's like it's a cool move. Um, it's supposed to be this big move, right? But like you do like ten of them, like it just loses its luster after you do left 
three of them, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand EC is supposed to be the stone pit bull. He's, he's hard as nails and hard to take down. And you got to throw everything to stink at him. But, like, not 10. Like, it just kind of <laughs> makes your move not that strong. And I think it's best to keep it. Like, I think three is, like, the perfect number for that. For that, You know, you space it out and... I'm not saying it was a bad match or anything like that. I'm saying it was really good. It was definitely, definitely really entertaining. I still can't believe Kenny Mega didn't break his ass on that double stomp. Oh my god! Like, like how he how he survived that? I don't know. And and like I said, it's just a low. I mean, it's kind of hard standard to kind of keep up. You know, like it's like you have to keep topping with you know. And I know he's the best out machine. I can give it. But that match at G1 was, was, was pretty freaking awesome. One of the best matches of the year. It's probably not even going to rank top five because there's just so many great matches this year. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's really good. Definitely. I mean, definitely people should all check it out. And uh, I bet you're a fan of both of those guys. What do, what do you think about Omega's reign so far? As the guy, because, you know, Okada was the guy, Tanahashi was the guy before him, but now Omega as the IWGP champion, he is the guy. How do you think he's been in that role so far? Um, I think he's been good. I expected a little bit, a little bigger, but um, kind of, at times, underwhelming, I think, like I think kind of the whole, Cody feud kind of took away from that champion part of it, you know, was for the title of the Cow Palace. It was like, you know, like I said before, like watching that match was for me, like, you know, they, 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 they risked their lives and it was crazy. But at the same time, it's like, it didn't feel like an IWGP title match. And, you know, I don't, if I don't want, if I don't watch tables and ladders, I, I, I can watch WWE. I don't know. Right. That right. Really in New Japan. So, um, it's been it's been good, not as great as I expected it to be, um, but I do think like he's a good like face of the the company. I really enjoy like his speeches after the shows. It's always nice positive messages. Like I said, he's better as a baby face than a heel. I didn't believe him as a heel, but I do definitely believe him as a baby face. And uh, we'll see what's next for him. I I, I assume it's a bushy, but they haven't really announced anything yet. Yeah, um, they they haven't. You know. And we're getting a little bit like sort of, I I don't even know if you would call it inside wrestling, but um, you mentioned, you know, you're a little bit disappointed in in his reign so far. Um, When Eddie Guerrero was champion uh, after the fact, you know, he said, you know, I wasn't ready or, or, you know, there, there were things that, you know, that, that that he needed to be ready for, that he thought he would be ready in the future. I'm not saying that that's, that that's Omega or not. Like, I've actually uh, really, really enjoyed his reign. There is a, there is a, it is slightly different from an Okada or a Tanahashi when they were champion. But what, what do you think is missing? And is it, do you think some of it is because he is a first-time champ? Um, not to say that he was necessarily groomed for this position, but I think he's deserving, but that doesn't mean that he has, that he is fit perfectly for that role. He is a little bit different from the champions, uh, from recent past. Yeah. Maybe it's just, maybe it's a whole different style. Not like, you know, the way he's a totally different character than Kata. Kata is like this, you know, the ultimate legend being born, you know, they 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 wanted to create this 
record-breaking. They wanted to make him this legendary champion, right? And they, and they succeeded. Tanahashi is the classic IWTV champion, long-running babyface. Uh, I don't know. I feel, like I said, I think maybe... I don't know, maybe it was Americanizing all this stuff. Like, you got the, you know, you got the Tongan stuff, the pool club, and, and I don't know. Maybe, but, you know, there's still a lot left in this from title run. Like, you know, he still has a match in October. Um, he had a great match with EC, which, which, you know, definitely. And then he has a great performance in G1. And, of course, he has a match with Tanahashi coming up at the Tokyo Dome. So, oh, man, I mean, when it's all, I'd rather judge it when it's all said and done than right now. But, like, I think, like, a lot of the Americanized stuff that kind of, like, I just don't want to see New Japan. Like I said, I'd rather watch it. And it was really not in New Japan. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, kind of taking a little, a little of the shine off his run, but... But, but maybe all that stuff will be passed, and hopefully after the September 30th show in Long Beach, and then and they can be back to defending the title and classic matches. Well, so you know, the, I mean, there's something that's pretty interesting, and I don't, I don't know that we can blame it on Omega. I think there are a bunch of different factors. One of them being that you know, uh, New Japan has run Long Beach a few different times now, but this Long Beach show. Uh, is not sold out, uh, and the previous two Long Beach shows were sold out immediately. Uh, some of it is, you know, there's no, there's no mat, there's no big match that's been announced. I think Cody Rhodes against Juice and the Young Bucks um, versus uh, Bullet Club OG are are the only matches so far that at least you know the bigger matches that have been announced. Jeff even, you know, Jeff mentioned that he was going to be there, uh, but you know. It, ha- it, it it the the tickets aren't sold out. Uh, I know I'm not going. This is the first one that I'm missing because I'm going to be at, at a Bellator show in San Jose. But like, this is some how much how much uh, of the responsibility does Omega take for that as champion? Um, it's, this is not his fault. This is the fact that the traveling crowd that would come out to these events decide not to go because they they already spent their money on all in. You know. They already spent their money on you know on that, and and that they're just taking a break because you know the other stuff going to come up that they're probably going to spend their money on, and they're probably saving up for <laughs> whatever Young Bucks are going to do next when it comes to their All In stuff or the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. So I mean, I just think it's just a bad timing of the, the All In show. It definitely affected that Long Beach show, and 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 that's it. Same thing. I think the travel. I think. Uh, I think it affected all the show. It even affected some of the the Cowpaw show a little bit too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Cowpaw ended up doing 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 really well, a lot better than people were expecting. And um, yeah, I, I just I just, just kind of put it all on all in for sure, taken away from the fans. Already blew a lot of money that weekend. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they can't spread it over that much. So. So uh, there was also a match, uh, Naito and Suzuki, which was a couple of days ago. Uh, I have not finished this match, but uh, what do you think of this one? Um, these two have weird chemistry. The first match I did not like when I and Suzuki won the the title from Naito, the Intercontinental title, and this was a little bit better. Um, more of Suzuki beating the shit out of Naito. Um, Naito took out tons of punishment, tons of punishment. Suzuki, of course, going crazy on the outside, hitting young boys. Table stuff. There's a spot where he just throws the table right at Naito, and Naito's head makes a hole in the table. Um, it was, it's like a, it was like a long punishment 
and then Naito makes a comeback and beats him with a Destino, and it just seems like he didn't. I think it took two Destinos to beat him, beat him, but for some reason, I don't know if Suzuki's taking it right. It just never looks good, or, or just never looks like it's the finish when it happens. It almost comes off a little bit flat, so better than this title change match, but definitely still still let down. I hope uh, I hope we just move on, and and uh, it looks like that's what they're doing from the result. So, um, and then there's going to be maybe the most important uh, wrestling match for the rest of this year because um, it's Tanahashi and Okada. Uh, I think this is, is it Sunday night or Saturday? It, it, it's it's December 23rd the date, so yes. whatever that falls on. So, so we're upcoming. I always, I always, I can't do the Japanese math even though I'm, I'm half Japanese. I, I, always, I can't figure out when, when the match is really going to happen. Um, so uh, they're, they're going to have a match, and I think Tanahashi has said, you know, if he doesn't beat Okada, like he doesn't think he's deserving of getting the uh, the Tokyo Domain event. So I feel like, you know, they this looks like has like the most stakes of of any match for the rest of this year. And I uh, the, I mean, really looking forward to it. And I imagine this is going to be the talk of our Twitter DMs for the for the next uh, for the next week. Yeah, that's um, I mean, any kind of Okada Tanahashi is good up, right? It's like must be. They had an absolute classic earlier this year. Um, I kind of want to go back and rewatch that match, and rewatch, and then watch this one if I have time. I'm gonna try to go back and watch that because it's definitely, definitely one of my favorite matches of the year. So, I mean, what what can they do to top what they've been doing? You know, but they but they always think of something, which is which is amazing. And we um, have the two of the very best, and and uh, I am super pumped for that match. I'm looking forward to watching it. So uh, let's get to the Mae Young Classic. We've been reviewing the show uh, for the last two weeks. Uh, so my my sort of quick takeaway is um, we finally got to see Tony Storm, which, uh, as you know, I'm a, big, I'm a big fan. And if I was 15 years old uh, and they still made posters, uh, her poster would be on my wall. Um, and uh, and we also got to see Mia Yim and Allison Kay. Uh not uh I, I wouldn't say there was, you know, anything different from the, the previous three shows, but I, I, I did like Tony Storm and 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 Ginny a lot. I mean, I know they wrestle uh, a lot themselves together, and so that's it's probably, you know, just their the match that they generally do. But I thought they had really good chemistry and uh, they both looked really good. I've I actually saw them wrestle I think it was in a tag match at a progress show WrestleMania weekend, and I think I want to say Ginny was coming off of an injury, and it, it didn't. It, there was like some clunkiness, and maybe she wasn't a hundred percent or whatever. But I wasn't super impressed. But then when I watched them here, uh, I really, I really liked Ginny. I was like, okay, this is why people are high on her. And of course, you know, I love Tony Storm, so I really enjoyed her. But I thought that was the best match of of this show. And if we take away. Um, the match from uh, from night one, um, I I mean maybe this is the best match of the tournament so far, uh, but you know probably uh, uh, what what was her name Matsum- Matsumura. Yeah, so uh, Mieko and uh, Killer K, right? Right, yeah, from the first night. That was probably the best performance. I think she's probably the best overall wrestler. But I thought from a match perspective, I thought this was the best match so far. Yeah, this was really good. Um, definitely the match of the night for the uh, classic. I really 
really liked Jeannie a lot, and I haven't really seen her. So I like this, the fashionista gimmick. Uh, she has a great presence. The longest arms I've ever seen on one in my life. <laughs> I feel like, like, just like, I was like totally tripped. Just couldn't believe it. Her the, her wingspan is awesome. And Tony Storm is, we always talk about it. She has it, she does it all. And she's a superstar. And, um, Overall, I thought this, this was an you know, easy watch that they, they've been so far. I, lo- I love I love these hour shows. They're so they yeah. you get through them so quickly. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was fast, and, and um, I was really disappointed in me and Yim versus uh, Jessica Havoc or whatever she's calling herself. Allison, Allison K, K was her name here. Yeah, it's just I don't know what it was. I just. Like it's another. This was another one that was weird to me because, like, you know, both have been in Florida for a long time. Had a following TNA. Like you'd think this crowd would be up hotter for it. They were hot for the beginning. It kind of died down. And I don't know. I just I thought I was missing something. I really like Mia Yim. I think she has that star appeal. She has that Lita vibe going for mm-hmm. her. I think young girls would love to like kind of wish to beat her and, and I, can, I, can, I can imagine like young girls want to dye her hair like her and stuff like that. So I think she's really good in that. And I think she's a classic, really classic good baby face. And I really enjoy her like answer promo. She has a really good story, backstory that yeah. you know you kind of gravitate to. And, and um, so I thought that was, that was just a little disappointing. Um, Caitlin and she wrestled. Kavita. Um, Kavita, yes, Kavita lost in the first round again. Interesting, but um, like Caitlin, like I like Caitlin, like in her first run, like I thought she was, I thought she had something, but they never really tapped into. I thought maybe like not maybe not the wrestling side of it, but maybe the character side of it. I don't know. I just always thought he could have done something with her. Like I definitely could find something to do with her. Like I just think she. She has something there, and um, I'm not—I don't know if I'm digging the look now, but, but like she's still very attractive. She's she's built. She's a powerhouse. She's a vegan. We gotta get on this vegan thing, man. It's all—it's going all around the world, bro. We just gotta jump on it. WWE's all, all these guys are on the vegan diet. No, I'm, I, so. I, I, I'm eating too many steaks, man. I can't go vegan. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what to cook while I'm cooking vegan. But anyways. <laughs> Like, yeah, she, she looked good. I, she's in that Sarah D gimmick, right? For, like, the veteran coming back. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so that's, like, you know, kind of the same kind of story I from last year. So that, that's cool. Look, she she um, is, uh, she's not as big as she was, you know, back in her day in WWE. Because she was, she was uh, like, a, a, like, you know, lifted a lot of weight. You could tell she was really strong. She's still, you could tell she's still really strong, but she leaned out a little bit. Um, I actually kind of liked her look. Uh, I thought she was, I thought she looked, um, and you know, this is all subjective. It's just based on my taste, but I thought she looked really, uh, uh, a lot more attractive than when I remember her in WWE. Um, and I feel like her style, uh, was, uh, you know, I, I expect, I like, I, I don't know how much she's wrestled in the past. You know, I've, I've followed her on Instagram a little bit when she started talking about, you know, I know she's had some issues in the past. She got divorced. She mentioned that on the show, but, um, you know, I know that her, her passion was to kind of get back in the ring 
And I, I kind of I thought I thought she did a really good job for someone who's been out for a little while. You know, Kavita's not probably not the easiest person to wrestle because she's uh, fairly mechanical and and a little stiff, but also provides a a, a good um, a good target for for moves because she's so big, like she's so tall. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really I, I like Caitlin here. I thought she, she was she was much better than I expected her to be. Yeah, she definitely was better in the ring. I mean, I like the spirit she throws out that little bit. Like, like, it wasn't, like, perfectly executed, but it looked vicious. And that's what spirit should look. It shouldn't look like a, like a clean, like, a performance. It should look like you're just drilling someone. She yeah, sure did. Yeah. That looked good. Yeah, Kavina, I mean, she gets a lot of stuff against Kavina, but the Indian, you know, they want, they want to carry that audience as a big following. Yeah. But she has a lot, a long way to go, and she's so new. So, like, it's just it's not her fault. She knows she does the best she can. Um, what do you think of the <laughs> the martial arts match we got? Um, so here are my notes. Uh, both women super athletic, but this was like a karate demonstration. Um, or just a demonstration in general. Like, it didn't feel like an actual match or like a fight or a battle. But um, I thought both women were very charismatic. I thought they had a lot of fire, but they just really... You you could tell that there was not a lot of... Um, there was not a lot of intuition. Like, that. Like they weren't in there and like knowing just instinctively what to do next. Like it was definitely a pattern and, you know, but that the, the frog splash that, uh, that Karen Q missed was pretty dope because just, you know, she's a gymnast and she kind of held the, the, the pose for a little while. It looked pretty majestic when she was in the air. Uh, and, and like I said, the athleticism was pretty off the charts for both women, but it was just, you know, you could tell, you know, that they're both very, uh, very young in their careers. And, and, uh, and, and that, that's kind of the match you would expect on this, uh, in this level. Yeah. I, I, the only thing I didn't like about the match was, I don't understand why you turned Karen to heel mm-hmm. during the match. Yep. Like I, just, I thought this, this should have been a face, a face. And, and, you know, um, Karen Q, I think definitely someone who would sign up. I mean, she's not already. Um, she she has, you know, she checks all the boxes. She speaks different languages. She has a call, you know, the masters and all that stuff. And I and I liked her. I thought she did really well. Um, I liked the idea of the martial arts standoff, the best of best movie. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about when I when I saw it. Like like them like posing for the about ready to battle. The crowd popped for that. The bowing. The crowd popped for it. Like. I love the playing of the crowd, like doing the stuff that's going to get the reaction. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I liked, um, how was her, I can't say her name. Is wait, what's her opponent's name? I'm sorry. I feel, uh, I feel bad. Is it Zia Lee? Zia Lee? Zia Lee. Okay. Zia Lee, I liked her fire. Like, I yeah. really liked her fire. I mean, she executes that move, that, uh, that, that, that's, spinning axe kick, I guess you want to call it. Yeah. And, um, like, if she got up, tried to win, like, you felt the passion. I like that. Like, so she has all the tools. She's got to put it together and, and, and more experience, you know. And, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I actually, I didn't, I did not, not enjoy it. I just, I, I just didn't think they should have turned most of the heel, Karen Q heel, and then 
and just kept it more of a baby, 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 a little shorter. But uh, I think, so actually, I wasn't expecting much at all, and, and it surprised me. Now, if 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 you are you know, you as a as a booker, you have two young wrestlers in the ring together. Is a baby 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 versus baby match easier or is it just easy for a heat perspective to just turn one of them heel just so they sort of understand, you know, what their jobs are in the match? No, I mean I don't think it's easier or harder. Um, I would just keep it simple. Um, you now, now honestly, when I when I would get two young guys, uh, I would not put them with two young guys like against each other. I always always have a veteran. I always were, was thinking about that because I want the best of the, the performance, right? So, so I would very, very, rarely book two green guys together. I have, I have, and it's sometimes it's like, well, fuck it, they gotta learn, right? But like, for the most part, I I rather than learn with a veteran, and so I usually kind of do that but this case and like somebody's you know, a different animal yeah and wrestling is a different animal now right so like things are practiced more and in a can more so you're they just got to follow their routine and so it's a little easier that way I think they did really well um I like I said I really like Karen Kiyosa. she has something she has a really good baby face quality but that's why she turned heel I'm like I'm not buying this girl. I'm not buying any of stuff. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. And that's the only thing that held me back. And like, it really only was like a little bit, a little bit of a heel antics. But that thing's wrestling the base match. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just keep it that way from bell to bell. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that, uh, my, one of my notes for this match was, I need to ask John what he would do with both women. If he was, uh, if, if he was, you know, booking them and also you know because i knew that you know you like young talent and they're both fairly young in their wrestling careers so it's funny that you led exactly with that because it's exactly what i was gonna ask you um okay so uh so how does so the rest of the tournament so we've had um now we've had 12 matches uh are there's 32 competitors so is this the yeah. is next week the finals of the first round the final matches of the first yeah, round. Yeah, finally get to finally see my, get to see my girl Eo. Yeah, Eo Sarai. I'm pretty excited about watching her first uh, match at WWE. She's 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 awesome, and um, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm pretty pumped for next week's show. And I, I, you know, I said I I'm not a big I'm not really a spoiler guy anymore. I kind of like just want to watch it organically and just see. Like I try, I save away from all the results, so I don't really know who she's really wrestling in the. In the in the in the opening round, I didn't even want to watch the bracketology stuff. I just wanted to keep just keep just keep clear the clear mind when it all starts. And especially when I knew we were going to review, I think it's best to have have that. And then um, yeah, so I'll come next week. Yeah, me too. Uh, and and you know it, we get to see the last last couple people, uh, or, or the last was eight women, and then we get on to the next round. And you know the matches will be better, and and uh, yeah. as, the, as the show goes forward. So, uh, so I think it's time for everybody's favorite segment. What's John watching? Yeah, well, I mean, you give me this task. You give me this segment. You know, I can't <laughs> go half ass. Right? You know, I'm already been watching a lot of, a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we talked about last week. I was watching Russell one, the, the feet cut out, or whatever is the issue. 
I mean, I kept checking it every day, frustrated because I'm such a big Wrestle One fan, and like I needed to get my Wrestle One fix. And so finally, I found the links online. I was so happy to watch the final three matches, um, the tag team match between uh, Suji Kondo and Koi uh, Koi Doi, sorry, and uh, T Hawk and Elimin was freaking really, really, really good. Not as good as the Hell in a Cell tag team match we talked about earlier, but just under it. And uh, what made the match so good to me was, like, L. Linderman, like, he's, like, Japanese version, in my eyes, of, like, Tully Blanchard. Just a pesky, annoying heel. And they kept doing a lot of breaking of the pins and a lot of twists and turns there. I really like that match. And then um, the World Heavyweight Championship match between uh, Manu Lithoya and Shitaro Shino, who, like I always talk about, is one of the best wrestlers in the world today that no one's talking about. But you have to go check this guy out. He's amazing. And they had a really good match. Um, a step down from their match early this year when Soya beat Sheena for the title. Uh, just because this was a bigger building, the heat wasn't as high, but it was still really good. I had it at four stars. Um, and then I watched the All Japan uh, Royal Royal Tournament started um, this week. It's a single elimination tournament. leads to a title shot at the Triple Crown Champion. And the September 17th show, Cork and Hall, fantastic. The tournament matches are all, like, they just keep getting better and better. Um, there's a match in Bodyguard and UG, you know, two big, thick badasses. The bodyguard, you know, he's like 50-something years old. He's getting older. And he has his limitations. And, like, whoever laid this match out, man, God, get that person a raise because they really did. This match was really, really good. And then, um, and then after that was Kendall Machimo, who's from the Kaintai Dojo, who's featured in All Japan. He was out with an ankle injury for a year, came back, wrestled Shuji Ishikawa, and this match was awesome. I mean, I had it four and a quarter. And Machimo, you know, because Ishikawa was a big guy. So Machimo lost by a pretty naked choke. And you know when Takis Jack would, like, do the fallback? Or, or, or keep the fallback bump. Basically, you got a jetpack of a guy, and the guy was like spine buster back, and then you take the full bump, the guy's going on him. You mm-hmm. remember that? Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. So that's what happens here, right? But then Mashima locks on again. So then Ishikawa goes to the second rope and does it again. <laughs> and then, like, you think, okay, oh, he's going to finish him. Then all of a sudden, Mashima locks on this rear naked choke one more time, and it, it, it was a cool twist because I didn't think. Mashima was going to go over here, so that was really cool to see. And then another match was Jake Lee, Junakiyama, young punk, jumping, knocking on the belt, picking the shit out of him, and then the, the old man gets pissed and starts beating the shit out of the young guy. But then Jake Lee gets the win, and then that was pretty cool. And then the main event, Zeus versus uh, Noya Nomura, uh, another great young wrestler. And this back, I'm like, okay, they're probably not going to compete with the first two matches. Still be really good, but holy shit. I mean, this match was fantastic. The veteran versus young guy. The crowd was going crazy for the young guy. They wanted to be upset. They didn't get here, but in the end, like even though he lost, over still up to stock. So that was really cool. And then I watched the uh, MLW War Games. Uh, they just dropped that episode, so I, I watched that. And, did it, did it feel? Did it things. feel like War Games? War Games? Because I know, I know that that's the goal was for it to be like real War Games. 
Yeah, but they... Yes and no. Yes, that there was blood and there was violence, but, like, same time, like, I don't know what Pharaoh's fascination. WWE does this well, like, putting tables and gimmicks in the cage, like, the war game of the old, like, the cage was the gimmick, yeah, right? That yeah. was what was terrifying. But now you have all this plunder, and it kind of took away a little bit and got a little claustrophobic. Um, I thought the match was good. They told a really good story. Um, they did something different where the Bayface team actually got the advantage on the coin toss, which I thought was pretty cool. Cause I always thought, well, it's kind of Bayface win the coin toss finally, right? Mm-hmm. And it might have happened before. I don't remember, but like Vin- I, know I think I think right, uh, right? Vince Russo booked it like that before. Oh, okay, and then like at one point, like you know, they had advantage, but then like Shane Strickland was taken out. I thought that was really creative, and. I thought it would be a really good match. There's uh, some technical issues I think that they'd probably do differently. Like, they had one camera in the cage of two, so I think they kind of missed some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was right. I, I mean, at some point, I'm like, swing the camera right. Swing the camera right. <laughs> Why do you waste your time on this? Um, standouts in the match. Uh, I thought Sawyer Fulton looked really good. You know, uh, Sawyer Fulton from Sanity. He was like, go at WWE. Uh, big guy, really good wrestler. I mean, he's really coming to his own. I, just, I mean, if I had a promotion, if I had my own promotion, like I would just book this kid and and um, and make him one of the pillars because he has something there. And um, you know, Tommy Dreamer came out with the gimmicks. Uh, Abyss came out, and he you know, he's really good at this kind of stuff. So it was really entertaining. I I I, I really liked it, and uh, actually. You know, MLW TV has actually been one of my favorite hours of wrestling to watch. So i actually been watching on a regular basis. I look forward to it. I look forward to the wrestling's good. Um, they got some cool stuff. Uh, you know, the, the new Heart Foundation is interesting. I didn't think I, would, didn't think I was going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first saw Brian Tillman Jr., I thought, okay, they're trying to do this kind of thing, but, like, it's not really you yet. You still have a lot to grow. But he's getting a little better at it. And Rules can actually Teddy Hart. I mean, that guy. I never was a Teddy Hart fan or interested in him, but I'm actually interested in him now. Like his promos are so passionate, and there's just something about him I just kind of gravitate to watching, like his promos and his character, and and this, you know. So it's interesting. It's uh, definitely I recommend people checking out. If they don't have being sports, you can always just watch it on YouTube. I think they drop usually on the weekends. So. So um, it, it's a quick hour. It's a quick hour watch. And a lot of good wrestlers on that card, on the show. So, and I mean, man, Tom always on it. So. Yeah, and that's the coolest thing about that show is because now I, I don't know what kind of deal that they made with being sports, but I know, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're off a few cable stations. I, I think they're also off DirecTV. So the fact that they put them on YouTube is really great for the fans. And, uh, and, and yeah, you know, I, I'm really happy – that uh, that that court Bauer has, has gotten has gotten that back off the ground because I remember you know I, I was a big fan of his of his podcasting network and when him and Conan and MLW would get together and and you know just talk about stuff Court always said you know I I I don't want to to do wrestling again because it was so, you know it was so hard he, such a headache there's so many things he had to take care of. And I know how hard the guy works, you know, because I've been to very uh, to I think all the Wally Manias except for maybe like one or two, 
And the guy is just constantly, like, working, like, all day long, like, to make that show as fun as can possibly be. So I know he's, you know, he's he's doubly with wrestling. But um, I, I remember talking to him, you know, not too long ago, and I was like, well, what's changed? Because you always said that you were never going to get back into wrestling. And he said, really, it's the guys. Like, the guys of this generation, they are very cool with everything the egos uh, you know that he used to see back in the day he says he doesn't really see them that much guys are totally fine with doing you know doing whatever and uh, and the locker room is absolutely fantastic and and so like you know he he is just like turned to 180 as far as you know the just wanting to do this again and and it's it's really cool because you don't i mean you don't have that that many places that actually do like a weekly show um you know he's they're on a on a network that that isn't i don't see being sports in you know all kinds of different places but it's just cool to see like another from the ground up company that's employing guys and these guys are getting you know contracts and and they're getting uh, they're getting weekly checks or whatever it is, but it's cool to see because, you know, when, you know, you think of like a TNA or an ROH and a WWE, but that's really it, you know, for, for weekly TV, Lucha Underground runs seasons, but they don't, you know, do like a, a weekly show for every week of the year. So it's kind of cool to see those, those guys. Now, you know, you've done sort of grassroots kind of stuff too. You didn't do a TV show with premiere, but like, what do you think, uh, you know, Court didn't get into this to this uh, TV game to do it for a half a year and then and then get canceled? Like, you know, I don't think you go into it like that. But, you know, what do you think about sort of their goal of getting on a network and doing it on YouTube and, and, and you know, trying to build up from there? I think it's great. I think he's doing the right things. He's getting like he got the right people in place. Uh, he definitely has a talent roster to succeed. Um, I think he's also smart and catering towards the Hispanic audience. I think the end sports is catering to a lot of that Hispanic sports. They got a lot, they got a lot, yeah, they got a lot of soccer. So, and that you see, that's why you see Pentagon, Phoenix, LA Park now, um, low key. There's a lot of Spanish within this guy's promo, of course, and this Conan, um, Low-key is actually interesting to me again. I guess, you know, like Low-key was one of those guys that, when I, was, I remember I first saw him, I thought he was like this amazing guy. And he's an amazing talent, for sure. But for some reason, it's kind of, I don't know what happened with him in my fandom of him. I think it's kind of just kind of waned or went away. And then all of a sudden, like, now I'm kind of interested in him. He has a kind of cool presence as this heel and speaks, you know, I don't know it's just it's really interesting. And, Yeah, he has put together uh, a few local guys with, like, you got Tommy Dreamer in that Terry Funk role. Uh, that's a vet, you know, the veteran of the show. And then you got, you got all this fantastic indie talent that's all over it. He's kind of, and he's smart too, like, to film on the Thursday when a lot of these guys are available. Cause, like, these guys are all working in advance a lot over Fridays and Saturdays. So, like, here he will be doing a little more weekend stuff, which is cool. And I fully support MLW, and I just, Wishing them for the best. Like I say, it's like probably other than maybe NXT's hour, like my favorite TV show to watch, honestly, of, of wrestling. And I've been watching it on the regular for about three or four weeks now. And I'm like, kind of even going back watching the old ones, but they're, you know, so 
at the time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely for fans out there who want to try something new. And MLW is definitely, you're going to find something that you like in it, and I think you're going to be into it. And it's, it's actually really good. Like, the lighting's really good. Um, I really like the layout of the of the, the last event for War Games, so I'm looking forward to seeing how singles matches, the non-cage matches look mm-hmm. of the ter- of, of the upcoming episodes. Well, uh, that's awesome. Uh, the only, the last thing here is, uh, I think it's Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame season. I think you may have a ballot. I think you may have a ballot in your email. Oh, oh shoot. Yeah, I gotta take a look. But also, I need to get a shout out if I can, real quick. Go for it. To Chloe, Chloe LaRocca. <laughs> and? My little baby girl. Who is the potty training? That's why I didn't tell myself. <laughs> and I uh, was, you know, my wife and I, we buckled down like cold turkey, no more diapers. You're gonna learn this, and it was a little frustrating at first, but she got it. She's been doing it on a regular now, on a regular basis. She's using the potty, and I'm so proud of my baby girl. So big shout out to my daughter Chloe. Big shout out to my wife Katrina, and and you know work, working with her on this, and it, it's been the like, I made a funny post on Facebook. Like, I've never seen her excited to see poop in my life. But, like, <laughs> I'm just so proud of her, man. And, like, I like, like when she went pee in the potty first time, I know fans are loving this right now. Um, <laughs> the listeners out there. But literally, like, Garrett, we celebrated. Like, it was a giant for <laughs> the World Series 2010. Like, you know, we chanted Chloe. We did everything. But, you know, I, I really wanted to do that because, like, it just made her excited about doing it and want to want to keep doing it, and it's been awesome. And I'm just like, I'm so 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 proud of my girl. That's awesome. Um, the parent stuff is fun because you know there are people who are listening to this who are like, you know what. I've been there with John, you know, I've done that before, like myself, though, gosh, it's been like 16 years. Um, and, and, and then there are others who are like, like, you know, not even thinking about having children or whatever. And, and they're, they're probably like petrified, like, like what? <laughs> like, like this is hard. Like it's, it's hard to get a kid to like go to bed. So what, but what is, what, what is the baby boy LaRocca doing at this point? Like there's lots of attention on, on big sis and he's the baby. Like, it's like, like, what is he doing at like one of you has to have him? Well, unless he's sleeping while the other is attending to Chloe. Yeah, that's basically like one of us will be holding him and, and he's, he's just watching it all happen. <laughs> you know, he's in, um, and no, it's good. It, it, that's, that's what happened. Like basically, my wife tried to do it on her own one day, just went out at work and it was too hard, you know, to try to focus on Chloe and, and Hunter. So it was like, we just picked that weekend. This is it. We're going to do it. We high five each other. Let's do it. We're going to say, let's go. And it. And you know what? It was so awesome to see that plan come come out. And then Chloe's in, like uh, like I said, like to you today, she, now she does it on her own. We don't tell her. We have to remind her, like, Chloe, can you go potty? Can you go potty? She just goes and does it and comes and tells us, you know. Right now, it's a little potty. People don't understand. Well, I don't understand what we're talking about, but it's a little, te- you know, trainer potty, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. next, now, now he's got to graduate to the big, yep. big one, which she's still a little bit leery and scared of, but Heck yeah, man! No one wants to so fall good. in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She was so so good, and it's gonna be awesome. Uh, diapers, at least one of them has been fantastic. 
And and in two years, when uh, two or three years, when the boy decides to, it's time. She's going to be his best, one of his best teachers and his biggest cheerleaders. And he's going to look up to her and go, "Well, she does it. That means I have to do it." And that's exactly. it. That's going to be why he does it. So, good exactly. stuff, man. Yeah, thanks. Um, so so quickly, uh, I don't know if I should tell Big Dave this, but. He sent me a Hall of Fame ballot as well. I don't know if it was a mistake. Like, I don't know if I should. No. Re- I don't know if I should return it. Like, should I ask him? Like, um, I think he sent this to me on no. accident. That's how you get it, dude. All <laughs> you have to get in your mailbox, bro. You're in. <laughs> your vote counts. Wow, my vote counts. This is gonna be crazy. I'm gonna have to yeah. study. I'm gonna have to do so much studying. To because if I if I ah. pick, if I pick someone I have to validate that statement I may even have to like yeah, write an article go with about your heart it. man go with your heart <laughs> all right man uh, thank thanks for hooking us up with Jeff and you know you know you mentioned Tom I think I think you know we can probably get Tom on at some point I would love to talk to Tom about his uh, his MLW stuff like it sounds like he's having a good time and and the show's good and. And and they're having a lot of fun, so I would love to bring him on too. So hopefully we'll get Tom on at some point. But yeah, you know Jeff, getting Jeff on was very cool. Um, and uh, and yeah, and uh, you know I don't know how many weeks in a row is this man. We've been doing this for like two months in a row. Yeah, and it's it's cool. You can see those. You're doing the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we got on the we got on the schedule. <laughs> I'm sorry, as long I love this man. It, I love it. It's been definitely a great outlet for me. And it's definitely what I needed. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, for John, uh, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.